You're listening to Medically Unbiased. Unbiased. Offering an unbiased discussion about all things medical. See? An unbiased opinion. Medically speaking? Yeah. Medically Unbiased. Hello and welcome back to Medically Unbiased. My name's Tyler and I'm here with Ron. Yes. That you was are awesome. Here for not. That was everything I always thought it could be, by the way. That was wow. Awesome. Yeah, you like that? So today in the news, people have been talking about uh, COVID because <laughs> I don't think there's anything else to talk about, really. But no, I have a couple things. I have a couple things that are not COVID related. I want to talk about today. I really want to address um, Google reviews of medical practices. I think mm. that that is a very, very, very unfair position to put medical practices in because they. Anyway, we'll talk about it. How they can respond, what they can say, what they can't, what should be done. And then we're going to talk about COVID and highlight the fact that we called it on Governor Cuomo's failures to uh, protect people in New York, including uh, or especially older people. And the the person who saw that was the Attorney General of the state uh, came out and highlighted that. And then you wanted to talk about the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, correct? Yeah. I think it's going to be... I'm I'm liking it. It's going to be a game changer, I think, because it's going to have one shot versus two, correct? Yeah, one shot versus two, and a few other things we'll get into. Okay. Well, let's start with reviews, Google reviews. So okay. if a practice has a Google account or a page or a business page, see, as a as a practitioner, I have my name on Google, Okay. And it's me with my APRN and where I work and my address and blah, blah, blah. And anyone can leave a review. Anybody. It's not not just anyone I've seen. Literally anyone could leave a review if they wanted to. Now, okay. I they could say bad things. You know, they could be really negative. They could be aggressive. You know, whatever. And that's if I had my stuff set up to be reviewed that way. However, a lot of businesses, medical businesses get reviewed. Now, if you're a restaurant, let's say you're Taco Bell and there's a bad review, the manager from Taco Bell can say, well, I apologize. Please come back. We'll give you a free taco or whatever. Like, I'm sorry if your experience was horrible. You know, if you get a bad review or we, we don't have any record of you coming here to this particular location. Are you sure you can't like, they can really dig deep into the minutia about what's happening. And then there can be a back and forth. And then people can read that review and they can determine whether or not they want to, you know, go to that Taco Bell based on how they responded to a negative review online. Yes. Okay. So we as a society are consuming data much faster and more regularly than we ever did in the past. We've talked about this before in other forums or other ways. So now if I want to find a doctor in Michigan, I'm in Detroit, and I want to find a cardiologist, I go to Google and I type up cardiologist Detroit, it might pull up the top five cardiologists in Detroit, and then all of their Google reviews are there. Well, what 
if one person has 40 reviews and 39 of them are favorable and one is horrific, and then there's someone has 28 reviews and 50% of them are negative and 50% of them are positive. Sure. You're probably going to go with the 40 review guy or girl, right? That doctor, that group. However, in the medical profession, when someone writes a negative review, you cannot respond to it in any way that explains anything because you instantly violate all of their HIPAA rights. I mean, you can't say you've never been to this practice. Well, then people know that that's a, it's literally goes against the medical establishment. You can't do that. You can't say, Oh, you know, if someone posts on your, on your Google page and reviews and says that you did not, uh, give them the right information on their lab work. And then you go on there and say, you never had lab work done through our practice. I don't know what you're talking about. I apologize that that happened to you. Let's talk about it. You can't say that because guess what? You're violating, you're talking about their medical status or their medical care outside of the purview of a person that's treating them. So how does a medical professional or a medical practice respond to a Google review? And just to be clear, no matter what's said on a Google review, with the exception of derogatory and defamatory comments, as highlighted and outlined by Google's guidelines, you can all you can do is flag it inappropriate from the provider side. But wow. Google will say, no, it's appropriate. There's nothing wrong with that rep- response. That is scary, dude. Right. Because you, so, you can't defend yourself, even if you wanted to defend yourself or reply like, Sorry that we lost the sponge <laughs> in, yeah. in the oh, surgery. Sorry, sorry you retained uh, extra equipment from the surgical site. We truly do apologize. And uh, just remember, you did get $45,000 um, from our malpractice insurance for that particular incident. So I think you've been covered, and I think you should delete your review. Like, there's literally, there's nothing you can say. Not that that's happened. I'm not saying that has, but at least not in our, our practice or anything. Um, but it comes down to the fact that people are trusting these reviews, and yet the people who are reviewing do not necessarily have to be part of the practice. What if what if you're in a, a fight, like not physical fight, but a, you know, a territorial, you know, you're really working hard to gain patience. And the other practice yeah. does some unhanded tactics and they hire all their teenage kids to make up google names and reviews or they pay a company a company's out there will do this for you you can pay and they will either go in and positively or negatively review your opposition or they'll positively review you so now you're just paying for fake reviews yeah without then maybe even never even going to that facility. That's what I mean. What if, what if I just don't like the person who pissed me off? So I write a review on our medical practice. Guy was rude. Doesn't like, you know, gay people or transvestite, like pick a top topic for the day. Doesn't like them. Writes that in there. And guess what? Now that's in the record. It's there. 
permanent. So the cancel culture people could cancel a medical practice and there's nothing that the medical practice legally can do. Google has not provided an option for medical, like it'd be really easy to prove beyond a reasonable doubt to any bot, any certifying body or any management team, whether or not that patient arrived and came to the appointment or is even a patient in the practice. You know, it'd be different if you said this patient is this person's name that's listed here, you know, Alla Walla Washington or whatever they put their name in as, because yeah. it's just could be anonymous. You just go to Google Maps, click the thing, review. And you're just yeah, so- you're just hoping that they give you a good review or it's based on real people. I mean, you would think if they're talking about any type of HIPAA violation, even themselves talking about their care at that facility, that is very um, procedure specific. Yeah. You would hope that Google would see that and take it off. But it doesn't, it's one way it's, you know, it's unilateral. So patients can talk about their own procedures that happened to them. Like I can say I had an MRI for my knee the other day. Personally, I went to the, you know, the imaging company, they imaged my knee. I had an MRI. I'm awaiting the results of that MRI. There's nothing wrong with me putting out my information. But if you were my provider and you went online and I said, uh, Ram was rude to me when I seen him for an appointment and you went online and you said, first of all, Tyler, I wasn't rude. I told you what you needed to be done and you didn't like the results. You can't say that. Now you're argumentative. You can't say, you know, you arrived for your appointment an hour late and then expected me to see you. Uh, I have, I had a 30 other patients that day or 20 other patients. I couldn't fit you in. I apologize, but we'll fit you in next time and uh, be to your appointment on time next time. You can't say that because now you're talking about their timing for the, now they were there to your appointment. That's a HIPAA violation. Well, do you, well if they release that information themselves then technically it's not a HIPAA violation if you're talking about what they're talking about specifically yeah it is because you cannot respond about their medical treatment even if they open their the door you cannot respond to it you should be able to respond to whatever they're saying no meaning but I came to your I came to your facility you know five minutes late or or no 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 I came and you you were rude and you didn't want to, you didn't want to see me cause you're a jerk. Then my response would be, well, you, you came to the, the appointment late mm-hmm. and that's all you, that's all you could, that, that wouldn't be a HIPAA violation. You came to the appointment late. It actually is. I looked it up and talked to a couple of attorneys about it. It is a violation because I am discussing the patient's where the patient was that the patient was even in my office. I, under, I understand that. But the, if they've opened the door by saying that they were matter. at your office, I, th- I would have thought so too, but it doesn't matter. So all a medical practice can do is have the practice manager respond and say, I am really sorry that you feel that you've experienced this or that you have experienced this or that, uh, I, I, I'm sorry that this happened to you or that you perceive what happened. I would really like to talk to you more about this. That's all that can be said. And that's why if you were to go down the line 
and look at all different medical practices that have positive and the, everyone's going to have a smattering of both, right? Positive and negative. Yeah. So if you've got some negative reviews, all you're going to hear or all you're going to see in any of that response is either no response, which the mm-hmm. practice is probably better off saying nothing due to HIPAA because every violation is a fine, right? Or it's the practice manager, not a practitioner, who is not involved in the patient's medical care, speaking about procedural stuff. Oh, I apologize that you, you know, had this perception of what happened. I would love to discuss this with you further. Please contact our office at yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You know, that's now the, the third level of recourse here is that if the patient or the person that's making the review puts in an accurate, like a real name, you would be able to cross-reference that with your medical records department and determine whether or not that person truly was a patient. You know, and there, there's got to be someone in there that's responding that's accurate, and you can look at that. And then you'd be able to then contact them personally and say, hey, I noticed that you may, and that's what even Google recommends, is contact the person personally. Well, what if they see your phone call from the office? They're not taking your calls. They're ghosting you. Yeah, so right. They're ghosting the doctor's office. They're not going to talk to you. So there's no, absolutely no recourse on the provider side for, you know, erroneous or illegal or, you know, illegitimate reviews to be dismissed or taken down. Now, I'm not saying that some of the reviews aren't legitimate, right? There are definitely people who have real gripes about stuff. I mean, I've, I've dealt with, I've written a couple for practices. One practice wanted me to, it was a dermatologist I was going to go see. And they said that they wanted me to sign my rights to sue them before I even saw the doctor. They wanted to sign away my rights to legal counsel and to sue. It was written on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper in a form. And I said, I refuse to sign that document. They said, well, we're not going to see you. I said, well, you, you can't make me sign that document in Utah. They're like, well, we're a California company. I don't give a shit. You're operating in Nevada. You know, like there's a Nevada company. Nevada. I say Utah. I'm in Nevada. Yeah. I'm like, they're operating. No, no, they're operating in Nevada. So, they were operating here in Las Vegas, and then they're telling me that they're a California company. I'm all, uh, so? Yeah, they think that their their laws in California can extend into Nevada, which they're probably most likely wrong. Yeah, they are wrong. But yeah. the point being is that I am not about to, as a as a potential patient, why would I sign away my right to sue if the provider fails injures me or maims me or does something wrong i'm now in literally the whole paragraph if you didn't read it you would have no if you're just randomly frantically signing documents and that's why i wrote the what i did is pretty long review on google about this practice because i said how on earth can this even be a thing you know patients need to be made aware of that now, I yeah. didn't see anything negative about the provider themselves. I never got to meet the provider. I didn't see anything negative about specifically about the practice. I said, you know, the people were whatever. They were talking to me about this thing, and they wouldn't see me because I wouldn't sign this document. That was it. Yeah. But if I just went on and went to said you, 
personally, you, you're my provider, right? Or you're not mm-hmm. even my provider. You're a friend of mine's provider, and she didn't get the answer she wanted from you. You know, you told her that she was fat because she ate too much and her heart palpitations that she was having. Well, guess what? That's anxiety and you didn't treat her. So I go on to Google and I say things like this provider was rude, derogatory. I think, you know, he hates, you know, lesbians. because My friend's a lesbian or whatever. You know, I make up something. Guess what? It's there. You can't refute it. And I put my name. My name is, you know, Bob Johnson or some random name. Yeah. Nothing I can, nothing as the provider that I can do from the provider side to refute any of that. Because one, I don't know who the patient is. Two, I can't call a patient. I mean, like Bob Johnson. Come on. There's probably a bunch of Bob Johnsons in everyone's group. Right. Can you, can you just reply? Not a patient. That shouldn't break tip of violation. No, um, that's a good question. I didn't ask that question if I could say that or not. Um, Even if you knew they were, you're just not a patient. But is that is that beneficial to the people reading the document? Right. Well, I I think. Listen, I think that you got to take those reviews with a grain of salt, just like you were saying right. that you don't know you don't know who Bob Schmo is and, and saying whatever they said, you don't know if it's true or not. You don't know if it's another company putting in things. I know that there was a few companies out there. were trying to make, um, uh, live location, like where you, if somebody was like, Oh, I was at like your phone would say, oh, I was at that facility. And then from there it will allow you to leave a comment. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I knew that you were in that, you were in the building. It was, that, or it was near like the building. Square or something years ago, right? There was a system. There was a system that, well, Yelp, I think, and you can do that too. Yeah. But there's there is some stuff that's available for you know practitioners for medical practices, um, yeah. that are that you have to register for, and then you pay a fee for, and then people can review you. But to me, that's that's only good in the event that people go there. Nobody uses that. Most people are going to use Google. It's literally a verb now. I'm going to Google this. Yeah. So you're on Google or Bing, but Bing is probably less utilized than Google. You know, but most people are using Bing. No, very few people are. There's like five people, and they probably work at Microsoft that really like it. You know, but they're paid to like it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, when you're looking at reviews, your Google review stands the test of time in my opinion as to because i can't tell people around the world well you got to take it with a grain of salt that doesn't that's not going to help either now it looks like i'm trying to dismiss my reviews now i was looking at some reviews for that company called uh my my pillow so my my pillow i guess got in an argument with the better business bureau a while back i don't know i i can't understand the argument it doesn't it didn't make sense to me, so I read a bunch about it, but it seemed, I don't know, it's a conspiracy theorist nightmare. So I didn't go down the road too far. But yeah. if you look at the Better Business Bureau's website and my pillow, it doesn't matter what people say about my pillow on the Better Business Bureau website. 
every response from my pillow is we do not recognize the Better Business Bureau as a legitimate company and we will not respond to any accusation posted here or something like that. It's a very form letter because it's copy-paste. It's every single response. Wow. Now, if you're somebody who believes that the Better Business Bureau is truly out to help you as a consumer and protect you from bad business practices, I don't think that's in my pillow's best interest to respond that way. And I guess there was some scuttlebutt between them and the Better Business Bureau. However, and the Better Business Bureau, that's a tongue twister after you say it a bunch of times, um, the BBB, they are a private entity. They're a a company that is not governed by the federal government or the state government. They're just a, you know, private business, you know, um, so they have, they can, they can't really sanction you or fine you or do anything. They just can write negative reviews about you. And they were doing that long before Google reviews were around, you know, people used to look at the better business bureau. Oh yeah. Triple a, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird now that you look at someone because so my pillow, I guess the guy who owns my pillow has been kicked out of stores. He was said something online the other day that, uh, Coles and bed, bath and beyond are not going to carry his product anymore. Well, so then if that's all you know about them, if that's all you knew about the company and kind of, that's really all I know about the company other than the guy, Mike Lindell, because everyone knows the commercial sounds like, yeah. you know, he had, had a speech impediment at one time and he got better and he's able and good for him. He's successful, built a successful business and employs a lot of people and makes pillows and there's whatever. So he's out of these stores and he's going to sell online and sell through his own channels and do his own stuff. But the cancel culture ideology has come for him. So if you look on different websites, the reviews are just negative. He's a jerk. He supported Trump, you know, yeah, all this political stuff has nothing to do with the pillow. And then there are some smattering of stuff that says the pillow sucks or the pillow's okay or I washed the pillow and now it looks like a ball of bunch of cotton balls. I read one. So, but every single review, the response from my pillow is we do not recognize the Better Business Bureau as a legitimate business entity and therefore we will not be responding or whatever it says, something like that, something to that regard. So then could a medical malpractice or medical practice say, we do not recognize Google as a legitimate, that would just be stupid. You couldn't say that either. Oh, you can. I just don't know if people will take, would take that as, you know. um, No, it it would be negative. You'd be viewed like, yeah, maybe you'd be viewed like you're an idiot. This guy's, I'm not going to that doctor. Doctor's insane. Says Google's not a real company. That's just bullshit. So, what do you do to fight it? In my and I think the only thing you can do is to increase your views and reviews. So, if your patient population or if the patient population you generally deal with is sixty-five and older, fifty percent of those people are competent and confident in utilizing current technology, maybe more. I'm being, you know, probably on the low side of the guesswork there. But you figure a lot of those baby boomers helped develop some of this early technology that we use today on a daily basis. 
So they're okay. going to be comfortable. Now, if they're 85 and older, you might have a hard time getting them to comprehend how to download an app, click a web link, go to review, yeah. type in the review. Like that might be excessive for them. But if you're talking to a 65 or 70 year old patient or 55 year old patient, if your practice decides that you want to increase your views and reviews, then what you need to do is ask. That's a pretty regular thing happening to all businesses today. So I don't know why medical practices don't do it more. You know, when you get your pizza, you get, hey, how was your delivery? You know, the minute you're done with your delivery, someone sends you a text or a message. How was your delivery? Was did, Does the pizza good? Did everything meet your requirements? Blah, blah, blah. Amazon order. You get an Amazon order. Two days later, you get a review. How was your delivery? How was the product? Would you rate us five stars? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So you see these on a regular basis. I don't know why medical practices are not doing that more because I believe that if you did, if you as a practitioner were to facilitate asking or asking for more reviews, but you have to make it easy for the patient. But if you were able to do that and you were asking for more reviews, I think it would just bolster and and benefit the group as a whole and you may bury those negative reviews in a smattering of positives. Because if you go to Amazon and you look at a product and it's got 2,000 reviews and the average is 4.2 because there's 300 one-star reviews because they didn't the box was damaged when it got shipped or some shit and it's not a problem with the product. They just reviewed it negative. The other... You know, 1,700 reviews out of the 2,000 are pushing the the average to the positive. Does that make any yeah. sense at all or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's companies out there that you can pay, and it's based on, it's per, I don't know if it's per practice, or I got to look again, because I was looking at yeah, it up today. You like those, You push those reviews out, and you get more, so it, it helps out your overall numbers. Right. Instead of having three and one was bad, right? Or you know, or four, one was bad. It's a you know, it's a quarter, right? Seventy five percent success. Yeah, you know, that, that's a C. Those. That's a freaking C. <laughs> You're barely passing at seventy five percent. But if you have twenty reviews and two are bad, now you're ninety percent effective. Yeah, <laughs> it just bites on I, volume. It, it it's definitely honestly I didn't even think about you know reviews for medical because the hospital kind of already has one yeah when you go into the hospital and you have some type of procedure and they admit you as an inpatient when you leave that facility you do get a like a review um, you get like a review form and you're supposed to grade and assess, you know, how was your care? How was your doctor and all that other stuff? But, but that's not for Google that goes for, um, the, uh, what's the compliance, not Jayco either, but there's a compliance component there that it goes for billing for CMS, you know, the same for Medicare and Medicaid services. So that review, but that that review gets posted. People can see it. It's data that's there. No, it's data it. for sure. It's data that's available. The problem with that saying that is that it's data that's available is because. Oops, sorry. 
The problem with saying right. data that's available is because you have to know where to go look for it. That data isn't just randomly like you. It's not easy to find unless you are looking specifically for it. It doesn't just show up on its own. Sure. You know, well, when I mean, you, yeah. you not type as in accessible Google. Yes. No, no, it's not re- as readily accessible. It's easily accessible, very simply accessible. It's just not readily accessible, I guess. It doesn't show. It's not yeah. your first view. <laughs> when you type in reviews of Bob's Hospital, it doesn't show up with that, <laughs> you know? You're going to get a whole yeah. smattering of freaking Yelp and Twitter and Google and Bing, and you're going to get the average review setup. Yeah. So that's why I think it's more. So these companies anyway, well, you can pay them a fee and these companies will help build a marketing campaign for you, you as your practice so that you can facilitate gaining reviews. And I think that's a pretty cool thing because now you're gaining real honest reviews from your true patients. You're not paying a company to manufacture reviews. That happens a lot. Like bots will come out and make up stuff, you know? So you're getting your yeah no from. I think it would be great especially if you can implement something like that uh, post uh, you know seeing your patient or discharging your patient from the hospital or as they exit like an exit interview almost right hey give us a rating right now while you're leaving or before you leave and let us know what you think exactly at least get something like that rolling. Right. And see, I think it would even go like if I went as far as I'd want to go with it, it would be something like uh, in the not in the room, but as you're checking out on an iPad, like a little screen, you'd say, hey, could you give us a review? Are you happy with your service or, you know, what can we do better for you in the future? Just let us know on the, you know what I mean. And then right there at checkout, you're kind of pushing your luck, maybe because a person doesn't feel they can give you an honest review if they want to be complain about stuff. But then those people probably won't review. They'll say, oh, no, I'm fine. I don't want to do a review. And that's fine. Whatever. No big deal. And you're not pressured to. If you would, that'd be great. But then you give them the ability to do it immediately before they leave. So it's all fresh in their mind. The the whole because So let's say that you leave and you get hit by a car on your way out you get in an accident and your car's totaled that fucking doctor was such a jerk man i had to have my appointment at one i could have had it at nine but i had it at one and he made me wreck my car he's a jerk like that could be the case that could be the review in that bad situation that happened that had nothing to do with the group or the physician or whatever could perpetuate a negative review for the provider because that person had a bad experience, had nothing to do with the practice, nothing to do with the doctor, nothing to do with the, you know, the PA or the NP or the, the staff. At the, now, don't get me wrong. Have you ever called a doctor's office today? Any doctor's office you call, you're going to be on hold for like four days. It's freaking ridiculous. You can't get through to anybody. And then when you do, they're like, oh, can you hold? I don't know how to do my job. Like, It's brutal. Yeah, it's pretty tough. It's not cool. I agree. So that sucks. And those reviews that I read and see, and I'm like, that's probably real because I've experienced that. But if you see a review or as a you know patient, if I see a review and the person's, and I'm a little different, I'm probably more punchy about it than most because I get reviewed, <laughs> right? People <laughs> review me. <laughs> so I can't 
at, at some point in time, you have to just not look at them. And this goes to kind of the whole social media thing because Google reviews become a um, sort of social media and doctors who get a lot, a lot of reviews, a lot of good reviews can be on a high from having all those good reviews. Now I'm not saying they are, I'm not accusing any particular physician of feeling that way, but I can see how that, you know, like the like button, you get a lot of likes or you get a lot of positive affirmation for your practice and for your work and for your knowledge I can see how that would be a beneficial. And on the flip side, I can see how it would be completely negative if you're receiving negative reviews based on stuff that's out of your control. Like, you know, the COVID closed your clinic down because, you know. Yeah, especially especially when you can't respond to defend it. That's my problem with all of it is that there's no accurate response. The only response you get is, Oh, well, you know, please contact our office to discuss this further, which is true. Most practices would want to talk to you about it, but they can't, you can't air your grievances on the public forum like that. You you can't be on social media airing your grievances and saying, Hey, you know, no, unfortunately not. I mean, you'd like to, but (laughs) right. It'd be great if you could. But we can't. We can't do that. Unfortunately not. All right. Well, let's take a break for a moment. And uh, we'll come back with some interesting New York COVID stuff. Sound good? Sounds great. Let's do it. Medically unbiased. So Cuomo, our friend, was in the news recently, and he's been accused of manipulating the death numbers from uh, all the people in New York City. Have you heard about that? I heard a little bit about it. So the attorney general of the state of New York, which was appointed by Cuomo, that's a Democrat and likes Cuomo and everything, she actually did an investigation on her own and well i'm sure it wasn't herself there was probably a smattering of people a big team of people um but she was able to determine that about 50 percent of the deaths that are attributed to hospitals were actually should have been attributed to uh nursing homes and it's directly related to his march or april order that's been deleted from the from all yeah, the other, they deleted it from the page. And we spoke about this back, I don't know, the second or third podcast. You know, we talked yeah. about how Cuomo mandated that facilities, nursing home facilities, receive back from hospitals. They were supposed to receive back COVID positive patients, even though these facilities did not have negative pressure rooms or isolation areas to isolate the patient. That's crazy, dude. So he a lot of death. A lot well, of death. 
the here's the here's the crazy part about that. So, so hold on a second. So you're saying that the attorney general realized that the patients that were coming back into the hospital originated from these nursing homes, but the hospitals were claiming the death when really the or, the original or, origin of the COVID was from the nursing home, yeah. and really they would have died in the nursing home if yes. they would have stayed. Yes, they so would have, but they got sick in the nursing home because what happened is he put sick patients in nursing homes with healthy patients. Yeah, no, I get that. So, but he was, but they were pushing a death in a hospital is a death in a hospital, even though the primary, hey. what the hell? Even though the primary, uh, um, even though the primary death. I mean, technically, they didn't die in the nursing home, but you can you can contribute it to the nursing home. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's all directly related to them. So Cuomo goes on TV recently to try and explain it, and he says that and what he's trying to say here is that it doesn't matter where the death originated; the person died, right? He's trying to say it that way. He comes off as a total ass. It's not what he says, but to be fair, I think that's what he was trying to get at. Right? Was that? What does it matter? But he says something. He instead he says, he said something like, uh, "Who cares?" He said, "Who cares?" <laughs> uh, what did he say again? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? You know, he did win an Emmy. I think is what he ended well, up. Well, so for. people are really happy with his performance on television because he was giving all these talks regularly about. Oh, about uh, COVID and the daily updates and the totals and the amount of deaths. But he had a mandate that these facilities receive COVID patients. What did he not do? And this is missed by every media outlet out there. So he had, Trump had a Navy ship brought into port there that was ready to accept COVID positive patients because New York was one of the first places that, was going big and blowing up and people were dying, right? Yeah. So when that happened, Cuomo did not use put anybody on those navy ship, that navy ship. And that was a big ship with people ready to take patients. Cuomo didn't send those sick people there. He sent them to nursing homes. And then, if you remember, he told the nursing homes that you're not allowed to refuse the patient. Now, None of this was based on science. And even back then, we knew that a sick person needed to be in a negative pressure area. So you're ma- yeah. so he mandated that these nursing homes receive these patients, these sick patients, so that he could make sure that the hospital still had availability for new patients. Now, by sending these sick patients to the nursing home, other people in the nursing home got sick and died. Well, they were supposed to, <clears throat> the boat, or the ship, uh, the Comfort, I think it was. Yeah. So the Comfort. Something like that, yeah. That that ship was supposed to be there to, to collect non-COVID patients. We pull them out of the hospital setting, healthy, sick, but healthy, but non-COVID patients. It was supposed to be for so, non-COVID people? Oh, I thought it was supposed to be for COVID. I thought that no, ship specifically no, no, no. So was for COVID. So they, yeah, give me one second. So it was supposed to be for, for non-COVID patients, but the first couple patients they brought were positive. 
So initially it was supposed to be for clean. And then they brought like only a handful, like six and a couple of them were positive. Yeah. And so kind of, cause they wanted to keep that ship as clean as possible. We'll take your clean and healthy patients. You guys keep the, you know, the, the very sick COVID patients in your hospital where you can care for them. So that was the initial meaning for it. But according to the Navy news here that I'm reading, they only treated 182 patients on that entire ship. Yeah, the very little. Very few. They also they also opened up a like a built up hospital in Central Park that I don't think anybody went to the to that facility at all. Now don't get us wrong, there was a lot of sick people in New York. Yeah, sick. no, I'm not. I'm not denying that they were sick people, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Governor Cuomo specifically mandated the facilities that were incapable of caring for or taking these patients. So we knew that the elderly, we knew early on, elderly were vulnerable. That was a pretty well known fact. And we had a, and that was coming out of Italy. Like all those people that were dying in Italy were elderly in the beginning. So we were aware that. And who's in nursing homes? Elderly people. With comorbidities, yeah. right? Lots of them, yeah. So why are you going to take sick COVID patients and put them next to people who are the at the highest risk of dying from COVID? That's just ridiculous. Why would you do that? that just, it makes it doesn't make any scientific or rational sense. And we said no. this early in our in our journey on this podcast thing. Yeah, the problem is Tyler that a lot of mayors or governors have done the wrong thing. And I don't know where they get their information from, but they've done the wrong thing. And none of it, a lot of it really is not scientific based. No, it's all how they feel. It's all, it's all like the subjective stuff, right? And nothing objective and not even Fauci, which we have highlighted on this, these podcasts in the beginning had, and he knew when we'll get into this in a little bit, but he knew what he was dealing with, what we were dealing with, with this COVID he knew. Yeah. And for him to say, Oh, you know, you don't, you don't have to wear masks because that's truly what he meant. He didn't yeah. have to wear masks. No, he, because he the, even said really the masks the were you're gonna get, Yeah. But the only way you're going to catch it, you know, you'd have to be within X amount of feet, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then, you know, that tune changed just like Cuomo tune changed. And, you know, they they moved on from, okay, let's ship them out to these nurses because they had no idea. He, he, maybe he was misinformed, Tyler. I mean, I don't know. May, maybe because he was, but here's the deal. One guy. Here's the deal. He's informed, he's informed by now, right? So why why not just go on TV and say, you know what? At the time I was misinformed. I'm I'm I dealt with the situation with the information that I had available to me. And I maybe he doesn't say even regrets. He just says, I'm sorry that things turned out the way they did. I did not know. I was following the guidance from whatever. It's it's horrible that these people pop. that's all he has to say. And people would forget this whole shenanigans. But instead, yeah. this this is what he says. This is a snippet from his long 
conversation, but this is a snippet. He says, But who cares? 33, 28, died in a hospital, died in a nursing home. They died. And I dealt with the loss of my father. The pain is so incredible uh, and inexplicable. And why and why and why? Okay, so that's a very narrow snippet of what he says through those whole conversation, but it's very important. I wanted to highlight that because he talks about his father dying there. So he makes the implication that people died in COVID and he had to deal with the loss of his father. So just hearing the whole speech, that section within the whole speech, you would think his father died of COVID, right? You would think that, yeah. His father died in 2014. Are you kidding me? No, his father did not die in with of COVID. So he's just he he is just using his father as die. Yeah, actually, I'm sorry. No. He uh, Mario Cuomo died on January 1st, 2015. I think is when he died. In okay. yeah, so he died years ago. He didn't die of COVID. Four years before COVID even came out. Yes, Maybe he died. Of- huh? Maybe he died of H1N1. <laughs> No, that was 2009. No, he died of oh, a yeah. heart heart condition. He had he had uh, like heart failure. But isn't that interesting though? Doesn't that change the the perspective? If you if you if everyone in the room knew that specifically, they'd be like, "Wow, you're basically saying who cares? People die." No, 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 no. This isn't about people just dying. Right. This is people dying of something that, as of a year ago, was non-existent. Right. It was not existent because we, the the human race, made it. Yes. So let's be very clear. You're really saying that who cares that a 20-something-year-old died, my dad died. Oh, yeah. You don't care. That's what you're getting at. And well, that's crazy. I, now, that's funny you even brought it up into this podcast because I hadn't even heard that. No. So that that blows my mind, dude. Seriously. No. That's cool. that's why that's why I didn't preface you hearing that cuz I wanted your real reaction to this news because he goes on TV and says this and he says this heartwarming, heartfelt speech about how his father died. So people believe that his dad died of fucking COVID during this whole situation. And that's not the case. His dad died years ago. What a what a liar. It's just so manipulative that I can't even rationalize why you would do that. I mean, he, and he leaves out almost intentionally specifics and details. He leaves them out. So you as a human, which we do naturally, you fill in the gaps. He doesn't say that his dad died years ago, but he also doesn't say his dad had COVID. He's very vague. He just says, my, I had to deal with the death of my father. It's difficult. And he did have to deal with the death of his father. And it probably was difficult. I'm not begrudging him that at all. You know, he was him and his brother, the prodigal sons of his gubernatorial father. I get that. I'm not begrudging him that. However, in this instance, that's pure, unadulterated manipulation of the press and of the of the public. But nobody I didn't see a fact check on that. Right. I have completely. Completely out of context. Completely, completely out of context. Has absolutely nothing to do with COVID. 
That's the problem. Yes, he dealt with his father dying. Yes, I get that. That's horrible. I not regret it, but still, it's bullshit. The whole thing is crap. So you know what's funny when I hear that. You know what that makes me want to say? Hmm. This. Holy testicle Tuesday. <laughs> Holy testicle Tuesday. I know, right? Me? So I've created a new soundbite for the podcast out of the Cuomo thing because I think it's important. Who cares? <laughs> it's just, it, you know what? It's so, it's so like, it's not even like, well, who, you know, it's not like who cares? No. Do you know what? And it's it's condes- like, uh, it's condescending. The way he just the way he speaks correct. it is very who cares? It's like who cares? I mean, it's very condescending. It's yeah. not how I feel we should be thinking about this or talking, you know. Well, we've been dealing with COVID for a year now. Yeah. We've we've been 365 dealing- <laughs> days to flatten the curve, man. Yeah, right. We've been dealing with Okay, so we've been dealing with COVID for a year. We've been told to not, we don't have to wear masks. We've been told you have to wear masks. And as of like two weeks ago, I don't know if you've, you probably did because you like to read a lot of things. You know, there was, Fauci was even mentioning double masking. Correct. Which, which the uh, head of one of Biden's guys is like, yeah, we're not going to advise for double masking. You know, we've we've seen that uh, double masking could, you know, decrease oxygen or whatever or the or amount of airflow moving, whatever the case is. Right. Or or you're blowing out or that you can't bring in oxygen, enough oxygen because you have two masks on, which impede the flow of oxygen. So the oxygen may come in through the sides where you would inhale. So basically you wouldn't be wearing a mask in a sense, having two masks on. Because they're not form-fitting to your face. Right. No, that's so, very true. The surgical masks are just like over top of your face. They're meant to be <laughs> protecting stuff from falling out of your mouth, not to protect you from an airborne virus. Correct. So my point, though, is that it's it's still ever-changing. Now, with science, things do change. Absolutely. But none of this, you, you will not, I guarantee this, you will not find some kind of study that said wearing double masks is more important than wearing one mask. You would not (laughs) find a study that would say moving besides showing that people died more, putting patients that are positive for COVID in nursing homes is the right thing to do. You will not find a study that would say, well, closing down, closing down restaurants and bars at 10 o'clock at night, is going to show that it, you can decrease the risk of COVID. You're, you're not going to find that. No. And that, that is one of your arguments here is that these, these governors are just making up whatever they feel seems to work for them and their agenda, right. whatever that agenda is, if it's if being scared or whatever. Well, and that's what's so frustrating. Well, so in the science world, we sell, we don't like to manipulate data, right? We really want the data to be the data because we want to know the truth. We want to know the answer. And in the current situation, you have everyone changing. Like social media and YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, they're changing what's been said 
and it makes it harder to find what was said and if you can even find it. So what does the next oops, generation wrong button? So <laughs> Anthony Fauci uh, supposedly has said, well, he doesn't supposedly, he said in a interview back in March of 20 of uh, 2020, he yeah. said on 60 minutes, do not. I interviewed talk about him that. for 60 you know? minutes, very first piece about COVID 19. And what's Dr. crazy, Fauci and others took a lot of. What's crazy about the whole deal is that he said not to wear masks. He said, you're not going to wear masks. You don't need to wear them. Yeah. It's not necessary. Then he comes out and says, wear them. But do you think you. <laughs> Do you think you can find that video? I'm looking right now at a Facebook page that's on 60 Minutes from October 19th, 2020, and the title says, Dr. Fauci says, quote, cloth masks work. And it's the fucking video from March 8th, 2020. Wow. For initially saying at the beginning of the pandemic, it's not necessary. It's for so crazy. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how on earth that can be the case. Well, yes, I agree. How can any of this be the case? How can, listen, just recently, the gov, the mayor of Los People Angeles, I don't know if you heard this or not, but, you know, they're, they're Los Angeles, New York, a lot of the states that had everything closed yeah. up until January 21st, 20th. Right. Is now, is now all of a sudden they're opening, opening up. So what he suggests, he, he didn't suggest he mandated this because, you know, he has his power. Who Fauci, he, Anthony Fauci, sir. No, 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 no. The, the mayor of New York. What's his, oh, excuse Gavin, me, the mayor of Gavin LA. Newsom? Not oh, the governor, not the governor, the mayor of LA. Oh, yeah, I can't keep track of all the people yeah, involved. I can't remember. His I've name, known the names but, of more governors during this whole pandemic than I ever thought I would ever know. But here's what he says. You guys, we're going to open up restaurants to 25% capacity, but on Super Bowl weekend, we are not allowing TVs to be on in the areas that have dining in or whatever, the bars or whatever. What? Yeah. Yeah. Swear to God. Because, <laughs> Because I want to hear what you have to say about this. Because oh, that will geez. that will have increased watching of a game for multiple hours. That will be we would consider that a super spreader. So, <laughs> oh my god! So, so now, now keep in mind, um, if you've been watching sports, Alabama won the national championship. They did, okay. Is that a There's, hockey team? I'm just kidding. I don't yeah, know right. about sports. Football. Okay, so okay. it's college football. Okay. It, it, I mean, you can you could probably pull up some research on it. I mean, it, or pull up some data, but they won the national championship. That's beside the point. Okay. What the point is, is that, that Alabama as a state celebrates the roll tie. Okay. Alabama roll tie, whatever. Right, so it's a pretty big deal for them. It's a huge deal. You think Alabama... Everyone stayed home and didn't do anything. And this happened over, this was what, the first week of January. Oh, yeah. Um, nobody was, nobody was social distancing. There was streets. some partying. There was a, yeah, there was a lot of people on the streets. There was a big get-together. Nobody was wearing masks. And 
There's no spike. Nothing over there. And you're talking about a, a state that it takes their pride with with Alabama. Right. And and they're gonna party. Right. There it doesn't matter what pandemic's going on, they're gonna be there. I, I and can't they believe I can't believe they said no television. Like why where's See, here's the thing: is where's the science on this? I don't, I don't understand how that is scientific. You know, uh, just who who came up with it? Like, I want to know the person who said, "You know what? Them rednecks are going to sit down, drink beer, and watch TV for two hours. Better not let them sit there. Yeah, better put on, you know, the Price is Right because that's over in an hour. They can watch your Price is Right dinner. Yeah, if you're going out to dinner during Super Bowl, which is around three o'clock. Okay. Pacific time, three, four o'clock, it lasts till five or six. If you're going out to dinner, you can't have TVs on because it will increase the risk of COVID for a super spreader. That's as bad as Fauci saying this. People should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it because people are listening really no. closely to this. <laughs> right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. But then there was yeah. new. <laughs> so. Here's yeah. the thing, though. But here's the thing. And this is what I'm trying to get at from the beginning. Right. And I think we made this very clear from the beginning. It's always been airborne. It's always it's always been there. And you're going to get it one way or the other. And a mask does not prevent you from getting it. No. Period. No. And I, so I've been we've been saying that for a long time, that a mask does not prevent it. Now, let's be clear, because I think that there are some masks that would do you as the wearer a benefit i do not believe that you as the wearer are protecting anybody from what you have by wearing a mask that's bullshit that got changed in the beginning of this whole thing i used to wear a mask to protect me and what people don't seem to understand is that when you wear an n95 mask when i breathe out that rubber band that's tied to the back of my head holding that mask on is not strong enough to overcome my forceful air, you know, exchanges Ex- I, when I exhale from my lungs, that yeah. mask will sl- slightly push off my face, and the air will escape from around the edges of the mask. So if I'm exhale, even an N95, forget. Let's go straight to the big dog, the N95 that everyone talks about. So when I exhale from that mask, it's leaving my face. Now that's why. Some manufacturers have created a single one-way valve on the outside of that mask, and that was criticized early on in the pandemic about how that one valve could kill everybody if you're wearing that mask because you're directly shooting stuff to the people. Whatever, it's fucking stupid. But here's the deal. When I breathe out, that's coming out of my sides around, around my mask and pushing off into the atmosphere. However, that mask is designed so that when I suck in, it pulls against my face tighter Correct. because it's hard to suck through that filtration material. So as I inhale, that pulls against my face, giving me a protective layer. So in the event that I'm in an area that has an airborne particulate or COVID, I would wear an N95 mask to protect myself. I am not protecting other people. I can't seem to get that through people's heads because that's the comments today. Oh, you're protecting other people by wearing a mask. No, no, no. Correct. The mask because protects it, me. It's been disseminated incorrectly 
and it's been twisted to fit whoever's narrative is out there. Right. That's, that's the thing that drives me absolutely nuts about even today. Do we're talking a year? Well, hell we're talking almost a year and a half of when the first COVID case got out. Right. And we're, st- we still don't even know how to, to treat it. Are you kidding me? Well, I really? think, well, I think we don't, it's not that we don't know how to treat it. I think and I'm, not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you or I, I'm saying stuff that's being said by these damn governors or whoever, that's not medical. I don't know who they're getting their information from. Right. But the stuff that they're saying is just stuff off the top of their head for the most part. Who comes up with this stuff that says, you know what? Don't, don't watch TV or don't, you have to be, you know, we have to close bars down at 10 PM because after 10 PM, yeah, because COVID comes out at night. Man, like that's the COVID, COVID's that, nocturnal people. It does not play well with others after 10. That makes no sense. It's and COVID's alcoholic want, and it drinks from five to 7 PM and it gets really belligerent about nine 30. Okay. And if you want to, if you really want to be, Um, If you want to take some data, here's some data for you, some hard data. So the NFL tests all those, all those players, right? From August 1st to January 16th, they tested 949,550 tests were administered to players and personnel during August 1st through January 16th. Jesus, really? Mm -hmm. 900,000 to just players and personnel? Yeah. 949,000 over a million dollars was spent or 10 million. I, I, I had a spot that had the numbers, but I can't seem to find it. You know, the, how much it cost the NFL. Right. But, but during the monitoring testing from August 1st to January 16th, 262 players and 460 other personnel were confirmed positive cases. Okay. So extrapolate that number. Yeah. Right. So you're talking a million Almost a million tests done, and you're talking to what you'd say six, seven hundred positives. Six. That's not yeah, even a percent. That's not even one percent. It's not even one percent. And of course, because of their age, I would think that most. I I wouldn't know what the age uh, bracket would be for. I wouldn't the, say they're over eighty-five. Well, you figured all the two hundred sixty-two players were probably under the age of forty, well, for sure. Yeah, unless you're uh, what's that quarterback? Top just, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's 43. Yeah. Say so the majority of them are under the age of 45. We'll say all of them are under the age of 45. Okay. So they all survived, right? Nobody died. Every no, one of them survived. There's no deaths out of any of that. No. Now, obviously, we don't know if they have any comorbidities. They probably don't. I mean, the linesmen probably do. They're they're heavy set, but they're young right. and healthy. Right. I'm just saying, just go by the testing just out of the NFL, man. You had nobody that died of that. And no. here, you know, freaking out about it really, it boils down to the sick and the elderly. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. And kids, tell me one kid besides somebody that got in a car accident that actually, you know, had COVID and died legitimately of it. That that I can't do because I haven't done that research. But I do know that um, the study that came out of uh, Minnesota talked about how kids need to be back in school <laughs> because yeah, I'm, no, I'm just saying it's it's quite low the, the, which we're going to talk about that next week anyway but yeah it's quite low kids need to go back to school that's the bottom line there right so all i'm saying is there's a lot of people that are just making up stuff 
because it fits their narrative on why they kept these things, the, you know, these cities and these States closed for so long. Right. It just frustrates me though, that we have to wait until after the election to now open things up. Nothing's meta, nothing, nothing has changed besides the minister of shots, which, well, you know, it's funny speaking of Como, mm-hmm. I heard that they were hoarding their shots because they were afraid they weren't going to have enough vaccines to give the second dose. So they weren't giving out first doses to everyone because they were worried that they were, weren't going to get enough vaccines for the second dose. I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Just, we, we, we need to discuss the rollout of this vaccination program to everybody. Cause I think it's been abysmal throughout the country. I think it's horrible and I don't know that it's any one person's failure. I think it's a collective failure because they didn't ask people who've done large rollouts of stuff before, like the military, right? They didn't ask them how to do something like this. It was left up to people who either had an agenda or had no idea what they were doing. Because just in Nevada, for instance, right now, if I have a patient who's elderly, over 70 years old, and wants to get a vaccine, I personally do not know where to send them. Yeah, I mean, I maybe where, maybe where so that is the thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the fucking problem, right? So, and I'm not saying this is because it's Nevada. I think it's this way everywhere. And so people are running around going like, "How do I get a vaccine? Who do I call? Who do I contact? What do I do?" The the rollout is absolutely. They may have a lot of vaccines available, but no one knows where to get them. Yeah. You know, and we'll highlight, we're going to highlight that on the next podcast as well, because I think that's a whole, that needs a whole segment. I think it's too long to be talked about here. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. But I do want to highlight just really quick this story that came out of uh, Fox News. And uh, this guy named Steve Hilton, he uh, runs a show called The Next Revolution. And I watched this the other day. I, someone sent it to the clip to me, and I listened to it. It's long. I'm not going to play the whole clip. But I'm going to play a little bit of it because he breaks down. He and he went through all of the detail about the Wuhan lab. He went through all of the detail about the funding for the Wuhan lab, how Obama had shut down funding for it when Obama was president, and how Anthony Fauci separately funded research that essentially is what the direct result of that research is COVID-19 and he's able to tie it all together in 15 minutes. And he provides all of the data. He's not manipulating things. This is not opinion. This is a research project that was done by him and his colleagues and his team to find out the information. And it's pretty compelling. So I'm just going to play the little intro here that he talks about so people can hear it. And then you can find it on it's Steve Hilton um, COVID-19 research, uh, just type that into your search bar. It'll pull up. It's all over. People are talking about it. It's a thing because I think Anthony Fauci, his funding of Wuhan's uh, research lab is the direct reason we have this particular virus. So let's play let's it for me. Go. Oh, it's going to play an <laughs> ad for me gonna first. It's going to be like nothing we've ever seen <laughs> so before. after the ad, I'll run it because I don't like ads. So let's see. 
Welcome back. Let's get straight to tonight's special investigation. The coronavirus pandemic is one of the most destructive events in the history of the world. The virus itself, of course, but also the lockdowns, championed here by Dr. Anthony Fauci, who's now been given even more power by President Biden. He was Fauci last week. Now, know that Fox News hates Biden, so that they're going to be pushing this negative agenda. I don't care about that part, whether it's Biden or Trump. That's irrelevant to me. The, the important thing is that the news is accurate about what happened. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I am honored to announce that the United States will remain a member of the World Health Organization. Yesterday, President Biden signed letters retracting the previous administration's announcement to withdraw from the organization. And those letters have been transmitted to the Secretary General of the United Nations and to you, Dr. Tedros, my dear friend. Seems to us that after the facts we're about to lay out for you, Dr. Fauci is going to need dear friends in high places. In the next few minutes, you'll see the evidence that points to the most likely cause of the pandemic, and it is worse than anything you've heard so far. This guy is able to lay out the facts that funding, and he can he can show where the money trail comes from. The money trail oh, yeah. follows Fauci's deposit, like directly funds, and it's is bigger than just Fauci. The the um, lead investigator for the WHO is a guy who do, does not believe that it came from the Wuhan lab. He's stated that from the beginning, so he's not even going to look at the Wuhan lab as a in, as an issue. Now, we know that viruses have escaped labs. They've done it for years. Things have happened. That's going to happen. When you're doing that level of research in China where you're not overly regulated by the regulators that we have here, you know, that's going to happen. And I think that's what happened to us from that lab. Are you playing the segment or no No, i'm not gonna play the whole segment it's like 15 minutes long okay. i mean we'd be so, we'd have to be bored like listen to this people yeah, can go so, find it i mean if they want to listen yeah, to it they can find it. it here's my thing here's my thing so obama in 2014 or 2015 somewhere right around there mm-hmm. said you know hey we've seen some issues and that's really we don't want to go down that direction which is basically grabbing coronavirus from bats and splicing them together to see what other new cool little, you know, virus that can come from it. Right. Because the reality is you'd have have the pandemics more surprising. Sorry. That's okay. You'd have to have one infected bat to mingle with another infected bat with a different disease (laughs) and then somehow land on a person. Right. Which is, uh, thousands, you know, thousands of miles away. I think, I think, he, I think he, I think he says something like that in the, if I remember right, there's something like that in the video. <laughs> and then that person has to get infected. And then that person needs to go into Wuhan and, and, inf- and it has to, infecting. right. And it has to arrive. Like ironically, they would arrive of all the places in the entire world. The only place that's doing that level of research so the coincidences just don't add up. They don't add up. And I think when, when you really do the research and you look at the, the numbers and the funding, 
um, he continued on paying for this type of research to happen. You almost wonder, you almost, I mean, like you almost wonder, was this intentional? May not have been, but man, it sure fits somebody's in, you know, somebody's direction. It really made a mess of the world. And it's really made a mess. Remember, this has been very politicized. Denmark decided to cull its entire population. No, it had. Oh, sorry, that's my bad. I hit the wrong button. It has been politicized. I keep keep hitting. I'm learning, man. I don't do this every day. People, you don't judge me. It seems so convenient. I mean, think about this. And I'm, you know, I'm not being political here. But you, you had basically the money train in 19. Everything, the stock market was doing well. Everybody was happy. Like, I remember Vegas being quite packed right, and busy, like driving on the streets, like waiting in traffic. And then all of a sudden, it came to a halt. Right. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, once again, these, these governors, as we were saying, are making up their own, you know, own ways of handling this COVID crisis. One from the beginning, back in March, when they started talking to Fauci, he had to, he has to have known, because it was his company or whoever his company works for, was funding these tests being done. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he got the, the results of this is what came from doing this, and this is the symptoms, this is the side effects. He knew all that. Absolutely. He knew that it was airborne. Well, and I just think, and nobody, I, still nobody wants to say the term airborne. Everyone says they quantify their comment saying that it's um, uh, respiratory droplet. Like you hear that term a lot, which is funny because you only ever heard that occasionally in the hospital before. Now right. everything is respiratory I've people droplet. Say, I've heard Fauci and them say, also say, you know, it is aerosolized, but with droplets. You, know? <laughs> you can't have both. Um, I mean, you probably could, right? If it's airborne, that's fine. But you will have droplets that will have some of the stuff on it. Yeah, like I've always said, you know, take a perfume bottle and squirt it. Um, You'll see some fall to the ground. Correct, you will. But you're going to smell that perfume on the other side of the of the Macy's yeah. as well. But they, but it's almost like they hint to the airborne, but they really redirect to the droplet because the droplet is it. And here's my other point. If everybody is wearing masks because you're saying it's so effective, mm-hmm. why is there 400,000 deaths in the United States? And why is there, you know, 4 million plus people that have positive cases? Because you guys keep, everybody else keeps saying, oh, well, you know, there are states that's not wearing masks right well there's a lot of places like california and new york that had mask mandates and everyone's wearing masks everybody's wearing masks there everybody's wearing masks and had lockdowns right up until last week yep because it fits the you know it fits their agenda buffalo new york buffalo bills when they played their their playoff game yeah guess what they allowed fans in the stadium some they hmm. allowed some fans in the same, you know, 10, 20%. But even the governor of New York said 
well, you know, we can we can't allow some fans, so that way he can go to the game. Oh, right. Oh. Good enough for me, but not good enough for the year, whatever that term is. I just, like I said, there's a lot of things that don't add up and does not make a lot. You know, hey, if it's a, if it's common sense, it's most likely true. I mean, just <laughs> common sense. Well, if not a lot. Of my, my argument against the two masks thing is that if you wear underwear and pants and fart and you can smell it because it's a gas, it's gaseous. Now, there might not be droplets coming out. I would hope you're not, like, having explosive diarrhea. But if this is truly airborne and you have your underwear and your pants on, that's two layers of masks, and nobody would do that in a closed space. Yeah. Because everyone's going to know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. I'll, we're proving our point, and we've been proving this point for, for months and right. months and months. Right. And it just me that we can still continue on it's like we it's like they once they release the kraken who cares <laughs> once they release the kraken the kraken what the hell's the once, kraken once they have gone down that path of no masks to masks to okay we're, we don't have to worry about shutting down now we're shutting down once they've gone down that, it was like they had to go all the way. But but why stop at two masks? Why is two masks where we're stopping? I I don't know. I mean, I think you know, I think three masks might be appropriate. Well, we know Fauci owns a mask company, and he's trying to push <laughs> more masks. Probably, yeah. You do notice that when Fauci said you shouldn't wear a mask, there was no masks available. Then when they said that you should wear a mask, all of a sudden every manufacturer. I was in Home Depot yesterday, and DeWalt has masks. DeWalt, the tool company, has a damn mask. Now it, it says DeWalt on the side of it. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, listen, some of the stuff that came out of Wuhan, obviously, and we've we've said this in our podcast in the past. Their timeline doesn't add up with the WHO. No. A lot of things, there were positive cases before they were saying there was positive cases. They were complimenting China for their ability to contain the virus when they did not contain the virus. And How dare we, you? I know. Right? How dare you? And for all we know, you know, and what we know is that nobody really has a grasp on the real the real deal. Come on, man. Yeah, we do. We have a grasp on the real deal. The real deal is that this is a virus. It kills certain people. Everyone's going to end up with it one way or another. There's going to be people vaccinated that are not going to be infected with the virus. Uh, It'll be, but my question is, what I don't know is, is are we living the normal or the idea of us going back to normal right that's what everyone's talking about. are we going back to normal and i think after this next break we're going to discuss to finish this out we need to just kind of determine what we believe purely what's going to happen when it comes to the the next few months year are we going to go back to normal are kids going to go back to school ever you know I hope so what's going to happen 
All right, so let's take a break and we'll come back. So the question was, are we ever going to get back to normal? What is normal? Because normal, normal for a normal for someone in uh, the like the Sinaloa cartel or whatever it is, Mexico is different than normal for an executive at a hedge fund trying to steal from the poor guys that are trying to short stocks. So normal is a relative term. Yeah. So what, what do you view as normal? Well, I mean, moving forward from here, I should say, what's that moving forward from where we're at. I mean, I would think normal, normal for us would be getting, well, people that have children getting their kids back into school. Yeah, right. I mean, that would be nor- that would be one step closer to being normal. I mean, the listen, we they're going to wear our- masks. My kids are going to school on Thursday. They go back to school on Thursday, but they have to yeah. wear masks in school. That's not normal to me. No, that's not normal. But the kids, I, I think the kids now think wearing masks are normal. Personally, yeah. I my mean, my youngest, not- my youngest was all happy. She got a unicorn mask. And she thinks it's cool because it's an exce- it's like an accessory. Yeah. Fucking- my son's going back. My son's going back uh, this Thursday and Friday. And it's only okay. two days a week. But here's the sad thing. The only reason. Now, we, we've been saying this in our podcast for a long time. Mm-hmm. Children haven't. We have not seen, you know, in the initial- high levels. High levels of why do you keep pressing buttons, dude? That's what I want to Because I'm we've trying to shut my computer down, and I the... can. I got seventy five windows open, and it's freaking screwing up everything up. Okay, there we go. Jeez, An idiot. So anyway, um, it's all good, dude. Because that's the normal for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, so basically, what I'm getting at though is Nevada is opening up their schools. There, Alabama's full year round. You know, their schools are going. Nevada. If you pay to go to school, you've been going to school full time. Yeah, the rich just keep going. You know, I say the rich, but it's people that make more money than me. Why is it okay for them, but not okay for your, you know, kids are going to Clark County? But if you're going to a private school, those schools have been open from day one of the school season. Right. So you're saying getting back to normal is the kids going back to school. That's it's a start. It's a start. yeah. I also think getting back to normal would be opening up, you know, more and more restaurants, not having to make a reservation. You could just show up and actually go out to dinner. Well, that's such bullshit because we went to lunch the other day. Um, a few of us went to lunch to Applebee's and uh, we had to call and make a reservation. So I called while we were driving. I was three blocks from the Applebee's. I said, hey, I'd like to make a reservation for now. They're like, no problem. Mm-hmm. 
It's the dumbest thing ever. It's just stupid. Like the reservation it, it, thing. It has nothing to do with COVID making reservations. Okay. You're already at 25% capacity. What the hell would you need a reservation for anyways? Nobody's going. Right. Because everyone's been told by social media to, you know, watch out. The sky's falling. Well, so, so, to, so to me, the whole thing when it comes down to what's normal, what's going to be normal, I have a feeling masks are here to stay. Well, they're at least here to stay for the next 100 days if you're a federal employee. I'm just saying they're here to stay. This is the new, this is the standard. You will wear a mask when you go on. This is, we've, we're going to become the Asian countries that like, you know, China, Japan, they wear masks when they're in public and they're doing it. They were doing it for pollution purposes, not for virus purposes, you know, but we are going to be wearing masks everywhere. Unless now on. Yeah. Until you get a herd, hopefully you get a herd immunity. And I, I, I'm not, I don't think that, no, I don't think that's good. I truly don't believe that. I think it's not going to matter. I don't think it matters because science hasn't mattered yet. None of the stuff that's scientific has been important. So I just think it's going to be like, you're going to wear a mask and people are going to just wear them. It's going to be the norm. It won't, it used to be abnormal to see a person in the bank with a mask on. You used to be like, holy shit, dude's robbing the bank. He's got a mask on. Now you're in the bank with a mask on. That's normal. You're in everywhere with a mask. That's going to be the norm. The other norm is that uh, a lot of businesses are going to be shuttered, closed, done, no longer ever going to exist. Many yeah. brick and mortar stores that had to shut down or were forced to shut down during this pandemic will never open again. The ma and pa not stores. Not on science though. Huh? Not not, based on science. No, no, I'm not saying any of this was based on science. I'm just saying what is, where are we going from here? And I believe that most people, who, there are going to be people that succeed, but those people that succeed in business are going to have done something or created a business that has nothing to do with interaction personal to person with people. The successful businesses will all will all will be online based or video conferencing based. There will be no person to person interaction. The someone will develop a, a delivery, a better delivery method for your groceries or whatever it may be. Someone will help like we'll deliver a refrigerated truck, you know, we'll bring it in a refrigerated truck to your house and you know that's how you get your groceries. Yeah. Like things are going to change drastically. Not uh, right now. It's just been, we've been dealing with how things used to be and fighting the way they used to be and wanting to get back to normal. And yeah. nurses are really bad at change anyway. I mean, we're both nurses and we're yeah. like, and we hate nurses in general hate change. <laughs> we just don't accept it very well. Even when yeah. it's for the best, we still don't like it. Um, and I'm not saying this stuff's for the best. I'm saying, but I, I believe moving forward, we will just wear masks everywhere. From now on, that's going to be part of your annual funding. So you used to buy gasoline, and that was part of your annual bill, your electric bill. Now mask a mask, man, a mask bill will be part of your budget, annual budget. Yeah. You know, you'll get all different colored masks to match different suits or match different outfits. You'll have, you know, instead of necklaces, what mask are you wearing tonight? Oh, I love that. It looks great on you, honey. It looks so good. Like, it's going to be stupid. We're getting, it's going to be dumb. Masks. 
you said this masks are not helpful. <laughs> no, I, honestly, and let's be honest though. Uh, you know, as a caregiver, as somebody in the medical field, um, I really believe when I had said, you know, if masks are so helpful, why are the numbers still up? Because the because ma- people wearing masks think that it protects them. Yeah, it gives them a false sense of security, right? Total false sense of security. And I, I, there's a, I know there's a number. I've not been able to find it, but there's a number of how many times the average person touches their face. This was pre-mask time, and I can only guess that that number is elevated when you're on yeah. your mask on. You're touching your face way more. I know I touch my face more. I would think, you know, because we, we kind of mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast about the Johnson and Johnson thing. I would I would think and hope that the Johnson and Johnson um, the vaccine vaccine actually puts us more of a new norm or a, a back to norm because a, a one shot vaccine that has huge upside, the longer it's in you. Yeah, actually could potentially put us over that tipping point of where people are going to feel safe. No, and, that's true. But but and, as long as it's not giving us a false sense of security, it's okay. Yeah, but I mean, so far the data that's coming out of it is pretty impressive. And I know the media has been pretty hard on them because they're like, well, it, you know, the the it's only showing 65% effectiveness, you know, in the United States, blah, 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 blah. But that's an initial like, you know, 14 days. Right. And as it goes on like 28 days and longer, 45 days, it actually gets better. That's cool. Like your body, your body um, is stronger. And, and what is really interesting about the Johnson Johnson is because all we're really wanting the shot is to prevent people from really going into the hospital, right. To get them really sick. So really, really sick people that would normally go to the hospital that that's like 85, almost 90%. Okay. And deaths from being really sick. So that, that 12% or whatever that number is. Yeah. Is zero, zero deaths. No one's died Uh, so far. That's good. After day 49. Yeah. Nobody has died of COVID COVID symptoms. Now the only symptoms that they've had, is slight fever or a high fever. And that's mild. And the high fever is like 0.1% or 0.2%. And the slight fever, let's say, is like 3% or whatever the number is, you know, low number. Right. But that's all they've had. They didn't have severe, there was no allergenic issues going with it there you know when you hear well, with Moderna, but i know but i've heard with the all the vaccines so far i not i haven't studied anything on johnson and johnson but moderna and um pfizer those two the allergic reaction is 11 out of every was it hundred thousand doses so 11 people had an anaphylactic reaction nobody died not, I can't say nobody, but the odds are that you're not going to die from it. But there's 11 people out of the 100, for every 100,000, 11 point, I think it was 11.2 people or 11.3 people, average-wise, will get have some anaphylactic reaction to the vaccine. Yeah, there is no, there has not been reported as of yet. Death. Or Johnson Johnson. Oh, yeah. That there was 
Well, so not only, enough people have it, have, right? So they haven't given it to enough people. Yeah, but what's funny? What's funny though is they've they've seen a lot more issues with placebos than they do with Johnson and Johnson, the actual uh, vaccine. So the placebo patients That's had, funny. you know, all, severe reaction, all this crazy <laughs> stuff, fevers, uh, you know, and they caught COVID. Obviously, they're placebo, right? right. So. He, the other thing that I think is is very promising with Johnson and Johnson, just one more thing on it, is that the temperature. It only needs to be somewhere around I think uh, four, negative four, Celsius. Oh, that's much easier than whenever whatever it is now, negative three hundred or some shit. Correct. So it's like liquid nitrogen versus a a really good freezer oh, or something. Freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's a freezer. And then if it's between uh, 30 and 40 degrees, it can last like three to four months. So now you're talking about if you, so now you're talking about if you make a million vaccinations, it goes to a million people or yeah, billion. Right. Goes to it's a, billion a, it's a single shot system. Yeah. And if you're worried about people in lower income locations, um, South Africa, because they did their phases in United States, Latin America and South Africa. Africa. Okay. You're worried about places that really don't have refrigeration. Well, not only that, but I think it's going to be hard to get those people to come back a second time. Right. Cause some of those, yep. don't get me wrong. I've never been there, but I've seen stories and you're talking villagers that travel miles upon miles on foot to get to any medical specialty whatsoever, any medical care at all. And if these people had to come back a second time in 30 days, you probably wouldn't vaccinate them. And the best part about it is, the is they're, be lower they're, anyway. they're, you know, they did this study you know, from, from um, Africa where the, the population has HIV, you know, the, not the majority, but there's, it's a high, a high, high HIV population. Yeah. So these people that are in the story already have immune disorders. That's actually pretty cool. Well, I mean, not though they have it, but cool that it's protective and for people that already have a problem. Yeah. And it's 57% effective on people that have already have immune disorders. So you can only imagine like if you have comorbidity, you're going, it's 57% in the beginning and then it goes longer every day beyond that. Yeah. It just grows and grows and grows when you're 57%. And then overall though, the effective, the effectiveness or the effectiveness of it is ends up being, at the end of the trial so far at 49 days or something like that, mm-hmm. it's like 85% or almost 90%. So it so, may, it meets the same requirements. It gets to the point at the same time frame. It gets there. It's just, you don't have to get a second shot as a booster. Correct. So what, what the boosters were doing. So the booster was the whole thing was the first shot only gave like 40% efficacy and they wanted it because they know that over time your body well, in, in the first two shots, you know, your body, if they didn't give the second shot, it's not going to maintain the the resistance okay. in your system. So you gave a second shot so you can go up way above like 90, 93% or, or you know, between 89 and 90%. It just puts you over the top is all it does, really. They want to put you over the top because they're thinking your body will eventually lose some of that um, B cells or T cells or whatever over time. So they want to get you high enough, but 
like once again, though, John's Johnson, yeah, you come in at 60 something percent on, on day, you know, five or whatever, but on day 49, you're like, you're right there at the numbers right. one shot. And it only takes a freezer, a normal freezer. And you can have it live three, four months in, in general refrigerator temperature. So it just makes more sense to get that vaccine out. To you can get more out. Obviously, you don't have to do the double. Right. So, um, but for some reason, you know, media thinks that the sixty-something percent is is bad, but they're not reporting on the end result. And the end result is, um, people are going to be not necessarily healthier, but they're going to they're going to potentially limit themselves. And if they do catch COVID, because the reality of it is it won't cure COVID. It won't get rid of it. No, because if you get it, you're still going to get sick. Correct. But you're not going to be sick where you're going to be in the hospital. Here's the deal. The reason I say we're going to wear masks forever, irrespective of what happens, is because if you get the the vaccine or you've had the virus, one or the other, and you've got antibodies of the virus or you got the vaccine, you still have to wear a mask. Yeah, it's stupid. So what good is the get to me? What good is it for me to have the, if I'm not changing and I'm not protected? Like, so now I'm now that I have the because I had to get the vaccine because for work yeah. I had to get the vaccine. So I got the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So now I'm protected, but I still got to wear a mask. And now moving forward, is this going to be like one of those movies where you have to have a do I have to get a tattoo on my body that says I'm vaccinated? I've been tested, or 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 if you, or if you my, get the where's your papers? Moderna, the Moderna and the uh, Pfizer. Do you have to go back next year, twelve months from now, right, and get and an updated get booster? booster? I mean, maybe we won't see that so much with Johnson Johnson. And the other thing, you know, you what know. no one is talking about this year, hmm. flu. Where's yeah, no, well, no, we've been, we've discussed that. You and I talked about that. But no you know, what I'm saying, you know, where's the flu? Well, it's been suppressed because of the masks, right? We are all safe because we have masks on. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. saying. Well, hey, how about this? How about flu travels in droplets? Truly droplets, not airborne at all. Right. <laughs> the way it should be. Yes. And uh, we're wearing masks. We're not in large groups. We're not at the local bar after 10 p.m. <laughs> we're constantly washing our hands. Guess what? We're going to, you know, you know how many my hospital has seen so far that I, that I know of? <laughs> 12. Positive I'm guessing. Cases? One, two, one a month. Two total. Wow. Two total. That I know of. Now, I'm, I'm their limit. You know, I don't go there every day. But two is all I have seen so far. That is it. So we can cure flu. <laughs> we can get at least. We just have to destroy the country's economy to do it. Yeah, we replaced flu with COVID. Remember, flu had a yeah, lot of deaths. But, no, it. it did, but it had 11,000 deaths in, in 60 million people infected with it in 2009. There's 11,000 deaths against the 60 million. Nobody would say that. Nobody in their right mind, in my opinion, would say that COVID is comparable to flu because no, I'm not talking, comparing it to flu. No, I'm I know, just I'm saying just, that we switch those deaths over to COVID now. Yeah, those will, yeah, but that's a small. I mean, you're talking. But I guess on a good on a good note, at least we don't. Maybe we won't see eleven thousand deaths of 
true flu. Maybe we'll see a, a few hundred deaths of true flu. So you kind of get rid but of even the those one, flu, but, even the 11,000 flu deaths, there was a comorbidity on a lot of them. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a bunch of kids that died too. So they didn't have comorbidities early on where this doesn't yeah. affect kids as bad. So it's, it's the same family obviously, but it's just funny that we can't cure the common cold, but in 12 months we're going to cure this. Yeah. Right. So if you want to play the conspiracy theory game, you go listen to that Fox news guy talking about how Anthony Fauci funded this research over the last five, six years. And in doing so, it would explain why we were able to develop a vaccine that normally takes four or five years in a year. Yeah. Which everyone said couldn't be done. Right. But when you were already doing the research on this in the Wuhan lab, you already have all the data. So you were able to utilize that and extrapolate that data to create. And that's the, the, uh, what do you call it? That's the hundred dollar thousand million dollar. Yeah. That's the hundred thousand dollar question. Yeah. You go. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. The question really is if you're, why are we still like retards out there? Why are we still acting like we don't know what the hell we're doing about this? And when I say we, I'm not talking about me and you personally. But I mean, but, why are we, that's a good question. Why, uh, why is the country not, and I've asked this before, why are we not assessing the people who've been overly exposed, whether it be in the same household, family members, friends, whatever, and not sick with it? They've been exposed. We know they've been exposed but they're not sick yeah. with the virus. What's different about their genetics? What do they possess? And how, how do we get other people to possess it so that we're just naturally immune? I don't and know. It's that, above my pay grade, man. I'm I'm here to like treat blood pressure. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why the kids are going back to school. The only reason why the kids are going back to school is not because nobody's ever said, well, we're going back to school because we feel and we have seen the data that shows that children if they get it, number one, they live. Right. And number two, it really doesn't affect them like it does adults. Okay. They don't right. say that. The reason why Vegas is going back to school is because there was 20 deaths, 20 suicides from yeah. children. No, I know. That stayed home and they couldn't deal with life because a well, child needs... Yeah. No, I get that. I, I mean, it's just un, it's sad that that even happened to them. And I can't No, We'll never know what the true story was there. They could have been being abused by parents because we know that's a thing. That could have been. But you know? the reality of it is that's what it, it's not the fact. It's not going by the, the data. It's not going by the, the science. It's going by the fact that, that kids, there have been some kids that have committed suicide. And unfortunately, that's the unfortunate thing. Right. Because they didn't. If the kids were just having a great time. Now, listen, between me and you, I'm sure me and you, if we had this when we were growing up, we'd probably be like, hell yeah, I'm staying home. Yeah, this right. My kids, well, I don't know. My kids don't love it. But see, you and I wouldn't have been able to go to school because we're old enough to not have had Wi-Fi and Internet access. Because if we would have stayed home, we would have been reading the Encyclopedia Britannica cover to cover all 6,000 pages of the 37 volume set or whatever it was. You well, know, I wanted to stay home from school regardless when I was a kid. So 
I would have been just fine with it. Yeah, as long as Dukes of Hazard was playing at some point in time, I was fine. Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. My point on that is, my, like, my son wants to go to school. Right. You know, he wants to go to school. But no, you, you don't understand. They're they're going to school. They're going digitally. So they're yeah, not not going. He's like, well, if I have to do this, then put me in the actual classroom where I get to do learn something. This Correct. online crap is annoying, and I can appreciate that because, you know, nobody wants to just be, at least most people I know, don't want to be just seeing each other over a video teleconference, you know, for any I, I, for anything. So in our, but when we see that from our generation standpoint, we can't even, I can't even comprehend what they're going through because if they said you don't go to school, guess what? I didn't fucking go to school. Not only did I not go to the school, but I didn't do any homework. No one sent anything home. I didn't interface with my teacher. I didn't have a Zoom meeting with 27 other people on the damn screen. Guess what I did? I picked my nose, and I played with Legos, and I worked with Matchbox cars, and I played with Army men. I was not dealing with math problems and social studies and science and all this crap that my kid still deals with while he's home. So my kid's bedroom is now is... His schoolroom, his sleeping room, his study room. Like, it's bullshit. Yeah. I didn't have that. You didn't have that. We were not stuck with that situation. So when we got a snow day back when I was a kid, it was a snow day. It was, like, full on. We had a snow day here in Vegas, and guess what? My kid was still in school because he's fucking online and didn't have to go anyway. And you know, there, there's there there is we've had online school here in Vegas for twenty years. There's, but it was for people who wanted purpose. to. Correct. Absolutely, there are people they are can learn that way. There are people that can function that way. That's not the norm. The norm exactly. is that you have to be in front of people, taught, learning, and being engaging back and forth with the professor or the teacher or the instructor or whatever for you to just be sitting in a desk in your bedroom watching your iPad when you're surrounded by a world of play things and toys and you know it's just unfair it's unfair to the kids and early on we did it for the first few months at the end of the previous year so we did it from like March to May when the school year ended in 2020. Yeah. And I fully expected for us to go back to school. Like we did it for a short time. We dealt with it. And then when we didn't go back to school, it's been a nightmare. It's been yeah. horrible. It's been a, it's been a struggle. So my kids are going back Thursday, I guess. But just for two days, they're not even going back full time. Are they? Yeah, well, they'll be. It's a half day, but they'll be in school five days a week for a half day. Wow. Yeah. Jeez, I'll have to talk to you off air and find out what school your kids go to. Say <laughs> shit, one out there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I don't know. It was a weird thing, but it's working out. So hopefully it'll pan out. If not, then I guess we're moving to Alaska buying huts and going to fucking live off the land or something. I don't know. I'm to the point now where hey, we, we want to hear, we want to hear your story. If you're having struggles with your kids, yeah. uh, not going to school, hit us up at info at metal medically unbiased.com. Cause uh, I think it would be pretty awesome to just, you know, I, I think 
most people can relate. I do too. To the yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to cut it uh, off now. We'll uh, come back next week or so with some more updated info that uh, you might not hear in the regular mainstream media, liberal or Republican, because guess what? Uh, We just like the data. We like the science. So we'll bring it to you next time. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Medically Unbiased. Visit our website at medicallyunbiased.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Medically Unbiased. Listening to this podcast does not create a doctor-patient relationship. The Medically Unbiased podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening.